and welcome to episode 331 of TechSync, coming to you from the the ether, coming to you from from where? From both Justin and Jason's house, um, in the middle of the craziest time that there's ever been. The great pandemic of 2020. The great toilet roll rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so how's life on a mountain? I, I mean, it's... I mean, you actually, you actually were, you had your built-in prepping scenario, your solution already, already it's, in place, right? I feel, I feel bad. I feel like I shouldn't be so happy. I shouldn't be enjoying myself so much. It's almost <laughs> like vacation. Like it's really great that Georgie doesn't have to go to work and that we're all, you know, it's sort of like a big long vacation, really. Right. I mean, a staycation. But obviously, that's no disrespect to anyone who's gone through, you know, problems or whatever. But I, for for us, it's working well, you know. Yeah. Well, how does uh, how does Georgie? So, what is she doing for work then? Is she she just does everything online? She's like remote sessions with her clients, or that's what? right. Yeah, she's doing remote sessions with her clients, and it's it only it hasn't really changed um, the amount of work that she's done that much, to be honest. And then there's been other because um, a lot of people you know, are in this new situation with their kids at home all the time. Right. Um, there's been other work and, and Zoom presentations that she's she's done for different, you know, organizations and schools and hospitals and things. So does she like so, working from home or does she find it? Uh, yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she's found it pretty good. Yeah. She's not feeling I've, claustrophobic or? N- no, I mean, I, I, it's a shift that we've wanted to make. We didn't know how to make it. Okay. Well, so good. it's kind of, it's kind of helpful. How about you guys? Uh, Good. Well, you know, like, like you, I mean, we kind of, um, we have a, we have a house and a yard and a pool and dogs and whatever. Right. So it's like, we have a really easy, I mean, if it was two years ago, if this happened two years ago when we were living in a condo with no yard, no balcony, that would have been rough. That would have been really rough. But, uh, you know, certainly, you know, it's like Sandy's out the backyard gardening and, you know, with the dogs running around and, you know that it's uh, it's 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 almost like like you said like we're on vacation. It's, it's like a staycation yeah, it's like, or something. It's, yeah, I mean, and it it happened at <laughs> I hate to say it, but it happened at a good time for me. I mean, like I just just absolute fluke that we just bought this house. Right, because you'd been kind of you would not have been so happy in that. Oh no way! It would have been really same as you, same as in the condo. Like it's just because you were sharing, you were living in a you were sharing a house with Georgie's sister and husband and two babies, and it's just that would have gotten to be um, too much. And right? from what, from what I hear, it hasn't been, you know, they, they stayed in that same house mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a sort of a, a, a block where, and one of the neighbors got, got COVID. Oh, so no. that was, a, you know, a little bit of concerning. Mm-hmm. And then the people who were living in the house where we were is like a family of six now. Right. So I, you know, it's too much. Yeah. yeah we yeah. have, um, so in addition to our family, we have um, Justin Skysek, who's the, you know, we, the we jokingly refer to as the intern. Yeah. Is, he's sheltering in place with us. That's that's awesome. It must be awesome for you as well, because it's like you can brainstorm 24-7. Yeah, so it was, you know, he would typically come over and work with me anywhere between five and six days a week. He would teach during the day at this private school. He teaches, you know, some math and science courses, and then he'd, you know, be at my place anywhere between two and three or so. And we would work until dinner time and eat, eat, eat dinner with us pretty much every night. Right. Mm-hmm. So it got to be like, he was already here anyway. And then about, uh, 
maybe like a week before the shelter in place order came down. I mean, it was obvious that this stuff was going to happen. I'd been talking about this for, you know, a month or so before. And I, I said, look, you know, we're pulling up the drawbridge on Sunday. You're either in or you're out. You know, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome <laughs> to you stay with us for however long this lasts. And, you know, we can work together and everything or, or not, you know, if you, if you don't want to feel like you're trapped here, but I, you know, you can't be coming back and forth. And, um, his girlfriend, who's a student at Caltech, I mean, they, they shut down the campus there, right? So she had to go back to Indiana, stay with her parents. And, you know, he, he just rented a room in a house with like three other dudes who he barely knows who are coming and going, which probably isn't the safest situation. And so he was like, yeah, I think I'll, <laughs> I think I'll stay with you guys. So he's been here with us. And so we've been, you know, working on stuff the whole time. And then on top of that, he's been um, like a living tutor for Colby. So, That's perfect. So as it turned out for for Colby, he he had he was taking four AP exams, um, which is quite a quite a lot, you know. And uh, he had his AP Physics C Mechanics and AP Physics E and M, and then he had AP European History, and then he's retaking the BC Calc because he didn't he only got a three back in eighth grade and he needed to get a five. Um, well, we really need a five on that for. Um, for universities to look at all the post calculus stuff and think that that's really legitimate, you know, if you get if you don't get a five and they're like, wait a minute, you got a three and you're like taking all this like differential equations. I was going to say it's sort of weird. Like, if, it take a very special person for you to be happy to sort of move in and live with you. Yeah. Um, but but I think about when I think about it, you did that one time before. Um, done a few times for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had. So you uh, do take in strays every now and again. We do. We do take in strays periodically, and so yeah, but. Uh, so yeah, he's he's uh, he's been here, you know, ever since. And I, I don't know how much longer this thing is gonna last. I mean, the shelter place order in LA will probably last at least through July. You know? Have you been like way more productive than normal, or have you been less productive? I was less productive for the first two to three weeks. I was really distracted by you know just be the craziness of it and the markets and and all that. I I you know put some option positions on the market and I, and, and that kind of took my attention away from things. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, um, after that, after say maybe two to three weeks and I really was like, all right, it's time to, time to get to work. Did you make out like a bandit with your stock market stuff? Um, I made money, but I didn't make nearly as much as I could or should have. Um, okay. so, so basically what happened, I mean, I had been, um, I've been talking to Sandy about this since the very first articles came out. There was a, like not too long after the new year, I think there were a few articles, like there's an article in the Washington Post and the Guardian or something about some outbreak in the Wuhan province, right? And and it was like, you wouldn't have a whole lot of information on it, but I was like, this does not sound good. And so I, I, I remember we're sitting in our city on the couch and a couple of times I'd say, sweetheart, listen to this. And I'd read a line or two out of that. After the third or fourth time when I interrupted her to read something to her, she's like, she kind of looks at me at the corner of her eye. She's like, are you really worried about this? you know, like I'm some kind of a kook or something. And I go, <laughs> I go, well, I wouldn't say I'm worried about it. I said, but it is concerning. And I think it's going to be a bigger deal than people realize. And she's kind of like, okay. <laughs> and, so, and so I was kind of like, I was keeping an eye on it. You know, I was just going, I'm like, this is not looking good. This is not looking good. And I was like, you know, and then I was kind of thinking like, shoot, you know, I should, we should, get out of the market because this is going to go crazy like 2008 all over again. And 
one morning, you know, and I started to see the, the market start to turn and I, I pull Sandy into my office. I go, I need to talk to you. And she's like, what? I go, we need to sell everything right now. <laughs> she, she looks at me. She's like, she completely straight faces me. <laughs> <laughs> complete dead face. I mean, there's not a hint of a smile or amusement or sorry. She's just looking at me like I have just said the most absurd thing that she'd ever heard. And I go, all right, here's what's going to happen. I said, the schools are going to shut down in three to six weeks. People are not going to be working at, you know, the office is going to close down. I said, the market is going to tank. People are going to lose their shit. I said, this is going to be, you know, 2008 level insane. I said, we're probably going to see a drop in the market of, you know, 40%, I think was what I told her. Um, and I was like, I'll bet, you know, Uber, which we have, you know, a lot of holdings in. I was like, that's going to get absolutely decimated. Um, and she was just like, <laughs> she's just like, yeah, I thought I was, thought I was insane. And so finally I go, well, and she's like, well, I'm absolutely against selling everything. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I just, you know, and I said, well, and part of the reason is, is because for us in our Uber stock, we have like a, for tax reasons, we have like a low cost basis. So we'd best, we'd, we'd, we'd lose like 35% of our value immediately by selling it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so she has a point, like you have to time it perfectly yeah. <laughs> not to lose money on that situation. And so I go, well, I said, all right, fine. I said, we should at least sell enough to live off of for the next, and fund a math academy for at least the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Okay. So she's like, okay, fine. So she, she again thought it was, she's crazy, but she agreed just to, you know, she's like, all right, you know, she would at least what, do that. What does she think now? Well, it was funny because I, <laughs> she was kind of upset at me, you know, because it was so, yeah. you know, I come at her sometimes really hard with these like, yeah we should put all our money in Tesla. You know, it was just like, yeah. what? You know, I, this is like the third or fourth time I've done this for the last 10 or 15 years. And, um, but it's worked out. It has. In most cases it's been like, you know, I, I, I've, I've been calling them correctly. And, um, so she, you know, and, and so I, I realized I couldn't push her on it. Right. I was like, she's just not, and she's not going to accept this right now. So I was like, all right, fine. We'll just, you know, sell some and, See what happens, and then um, Justin uh, Skysick, he he was over here, and I just said, "Hey, FYI, you know, here's what's going to happen. They're going to shut down this. This is going to happen. Blah blah blah." And I started to lay out the scenario, and I said, "So I'd pull if I was you, I'd pull your money out of the market." And he's just like, he's one of those people who does a very sensible thing of just putting money in an index tracking fund and forget about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, and he was like, "Well, what about this?" And I said, "Well." there's no question the market's going down. There's just no question about it. You know, he's like, what about the efficient market hypothesis? I was like, well, you think the market's efficient? Watch this magic trick. <laughs> it's like, it's just, this is, this, this is what's going to happen. And so he, he took him a little time to absorb what I was saying. You know, he, we were looking at the epidemiological models that were being published by some of the universities and stuff. And, and I said, look, this is just, this is what's going to happen. I mean, just, just, just math. You know, it's, it's, there's not a lot to, I don't know, there's too much to argue about here. I mean, I don't know what the exact scenario is, but it's, it's going to grow and, and, and this is what's going to be the economic impact. And so he, um, then he goes, well, what, um, 
you know, is there anything, is there anything to do beyond just taking the market out? And I go, I'm gonna take your money out of the market. And I said, well, actually I said the intermediate level move would be to buy, to, um, would be to short the market, uh, essentially buy like an ET, an inverse ETF on the S and P index, for instance. I said that would, that would allow you to do like a one for one, you know, in terms of leverage. So every dollar the market goes down, you make a dollar, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, but the advanced maneuver would be to buy put options on the S and P index, for instance. Okay. I was reading about the. I I learned something very interesting about put options, which is there is no limit to the amount of damage you can take versus the other way around where you just sort of lose the money you put in. That's right. That's how options work. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I, my first job out of college was doing research and development for an options uh, trading company, right? So I used to build the actual models that they use to price all their options, right? So that, that's actually, you know, that I was right in the, in the heart of the machine. And so, in fact, a lot of the models, the model that I built for modeling for, yeah, the, the, the code that I wrote to model volatility, and it, it actually drove the, what they priced all their options off for years, this, this large company. So I had you know, a fair amount of experience in this world, although I hadn't really traded options in a long time. And I didn't have you know, um, any tools to use to really value anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the ready. So I was just like, you know, I, I was kind of thinking of that whole the you know, advice, like when you see a rocket ship, just get on, don't ask questions. You know, talk about like getting onto like a really a mm-hmm. startup that's going to yeah. take off, you know, people negotiate, you know, they're trying to nickel and dime. So dude, just shut up and just get on. Right. Yeah. And um, I was like, this thing is going to go down and it's happening. It's going to, ha- it's happening f- fast. And when I told Sandy to sell the, um, um to, to sell some of the stock, I said, all right, we need to, I also told her, I said, we're going to um, probably buy an inverse ETF at first. And I said, so move some money to your Fidelity account. And so she did, she went through and, you know, the way you do it is you, um, your bank account set over and you do like a, you know, a, a, an ACH or whatever. Turns out that took almost two weeks to get through was insane. You know, I normally they'll say like ACH bank to bank, you know, yeah. two to three days, wire 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I didn't really think about it. I was just like, Oh, it'll be there in a day, day or two. That's, that's, we're, we're probably fine. It took two weeks and then we still didn't get all our money. And, and, and I was literally losing my mind because oh my the options are becoming more and more valued, not just because the market is trying to move against us, but the implied volatility, meaning the fear in the marketplace was growing and growing, which was So you wanted that. to, so at the time when you thought about it and clicked the button to move the money, was it the exact right time to get in? But it took two weeks. And so you lost. It even out took a lot longer. Of that, yeah, it even took longer because that, I didn't realize it was taking that long. And then, the, then, then I started trying to get money in from other places. I started tried to trade, you know, sell my position in Coinbase, my crypto, try to move that over. And then there was a bunch of hiccups, and their system was half broken. I couldn't get the money out of that. I was freaking <laughs> out, and because oh, I'm man. just seeing this happen, it was kind of weird. It's like if someone says, "Oh, there's like a monster outside. Is it coming again?" You're like, "Don't worry, I got like a bazooka right here." But you forgot to check if you actually had any, uh, you know, any ammo, ammunition. <laughs> and you oh get up, you're gosh. like, holy crap, <laughs> any ammo. You know, you're just like chilling. No worries, no worries. We're good. We're good. And, <laughs> I, um, and that was the lesson I learned is like, 
you know, you got to make sure you're, whatever it is you're doing like this, you got to make sure that your count is open. You have cat, you have capital at the ready because the other thing happened is, and then we got in there and then our mark, our, our account wasn't, um, allowed to trade, um, was it certified to trade options? So mm. you have to have like a, I guess like a, what was they call like a broker? They turned it a brokerage account versus whatever, a normal investment account, right? So most people have an account at like something like a Fidelity, like we do. You can't just like go and start trading options. Like tomorrow, if you said, oh, wow, that's a really good idea. I'm going to go buy some options. You know, you have to go out and fill out some forms and whatever. And they ask you a bunch of questions about your experience with them and understanding risk and blah, 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 before they'll allow you to. Got it. So, so you had the idea, but you weren't able to execute it. I had like various different stuff. I had like five different things get my way, and it was I was and every day I'm watching the buy the options go up like five x. By the time I even saw it, I was so pissed off at myself because I'm just like, well, I was pissed off at the system a little bit because we just kind of got screwed that that Fidelity didn't allow didn't accept the money for like two weeks, mm-hmm. and. Eventually, I started going over to to our bank, and I was literally meeting with them. Like, I went over there like two or three times um, to wire more money. And I've just sat down. I'm gonna just make it, just make it happen right now, you know. And, and they're trying to do it quickly. Marcus goes like, right now, move this money. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? And I said, look, here's what's gonna happen to the economy. They're like, really? Do you think that's gonna happen? I'm like, yes, it's already <laughs> happening. Get that money in there now, <laughs> you know. And they're kind of like initially amu- amused by the whole situation and then and then excited about the whole uh, idea of what uh, what's going on and then sort of scared when they start realizing the bleakness of mm-hmm. the new reality coming because you know i don't want to sit there and be like such a doomsayer but i'm like all this stuff's going to close down but if you if you like bitcoin went up a significant amount right and then it dropped big i mean oh, it's, it's well since it depends on what time here it depends what time okay. you're talking about yeah. but um anyway it was uh so, so it was interesting. Eventually, um, got the I got them. We were able to just start buying stuff. And Sandy's like, "Well, what what do you want to buy?" And I'm just like, "Okay, um, let's just buy stuff between June. I wouldn't go any new, new sooner than June because I don't really know the path down through like August. And let's just buy added money. Let's just buy some out of the money options. And so we just were spreading it out because I didn't have any analytics. I was like flying blind. Yeah, and so we spread it all out, and then. Um, Sure enough, within the next first day, it was just like it exploded in value. And at one point, I mean, I guess I'll just say it. So I, 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 we put in about 170000 I think. Okay. And at one point, it was worth about $1.7 within like five days or something like that. So I was like, yes! Did you sell? Did you sell? No! <laughs> oh, dude. Well, so here's the... Pr- <laughs> but just do is, it. There, is there a problem going the other way like yeah yeah oh my god well so here i lost yeah well i mean i literally lost a million dollars in one day um yeah. well here's the thing i um of unrealized gains i mean you know i mean it's so here's the thing um the problem with the, with all the whole situation is i didn't have any analytics on hand so i didn't Got it. know how much the value of the options was due to the falling s p index versus the implied volatility, which is essentially, I don't want to get too technical here because I'm not sure people will really care, but the, the more fear there is in the marketplace, effectively, they, there's something called implied volatility or IV, which affects the, the pricing of the options. The more fear there is, the higher the value of the options. But, but a question I got for you is, when you saw it was like 10x, 
did you think, oh, I can I can ride this ship higher, or did you think I, yeah. I want to take this out now and there wasn't an option? So when it when it dropped, I think our I think at our I think when we when I was finally able to buy stuff or buy the options, I mean the mark was like at thirty one hundred or something, the S and P, and I think we hit our high point when it was like at twenty six hundred. So it only had a few down days in a row, and I'm like, it's going way lower than twenty six, twenty seven hundred. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to go at least to two thousand. Um, we could end up seeing eighteen hundred or so. But, you know, our, I think I said it will at least be like a 2200, 20, but I was thinking we could break 2000, go to 1800. Just looking at what happened in 2008 and, and similar, when, but, when similar crashes. But happened. Trump was in the mix. Yeah. So, yeah. But, <laughs> but, so, He's so, the wild card. So, Sandy kept telling me, she's like, you need to sell, like, take some off now. So, she was much more the voice of, like, looking at how much money was actually there. And I'm really looking at, like, this, this could be, like, you know, that we could ride that this thing drops this, this we could make this could be five million dollars i mean this would be huge and i was like why sell now where's going and so and then you know trump of course is getting off and talking he's just making up bullshit left and right and you know basically lying about this or lying about the exaggerating that and and just do anything he could to pump the market up to keep it up Right. And then the stimulus came in. I mean, there's $2 trillion stimulus or whatever it was. And another one, it was just like this overwhelming intervention. I mean, I, I had expected there'd be some stuff like that going on, just like there was in 2008, but I don't think I, I underestimated the level of intervention. I mean, it was just enormous. And I kept thinking, well, and so that's why I was like, you know, and then when that happened, then applied vault, people stopped worrying so much. because They're like, oh, the market, the, the government's just going to bail us out. Right, the government's just going to keep intervening into the stimulus, and so people are like, "Well, even though there's no relation, even though there's absolutely no relationship between the stock prices and what's actually going on in the economy, they're completely decoupled at this point." Yeah. We all know that Trump will do whatever he can to pump up the market, the the market, because he views that if the market's doing well, he gets reelected. If the market's not doing well, he doesn't. That's kind of yeah. the simple calculus in his head. And the Democrats are much more interested in like, can we get as much money as possible to people? Right. They just want to, you know, and so So are we, are we beyond the point where you could make that money now? I mean, did you, are you out already? Yeah. Okay. So I'll just, just to end the story, eventually it just kept going down and I kept waiting and I was just like, you know, and funny, the thing I felt bad about Justin, Justin put some money in, but he put a small amount. I kept telling him, you know, if you put, if you do, if you do options, like just do what you can only afford to lose, small amount. And he did. But then one morning with unbeknownst to me, he didn't come down and talk to me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing more. What do you think? Not that he requires my advice or my, you know, approval, but it was like, and then he goes down and like triples his position. And I was like, Oh my God. And, and thing is that he bought it at when the implied volatility was still really high, you know, really late. Right. And so, you know, he, so he, you know, I'm suffering because I'm watching this decline of this win that I had. Right. Yeah. And then I'm watching him suffer. And I felt really bad because Sandy, even before the whole thing, she's like, are you telling Justin of my options? I was like, I'm not telling him to do anything. <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm like, I just explained the situation. I warned him about only risking what he can afford to lose and stuff. And she's just shaking her head. She's like, <sighs> you know, and, um, 
But, you know, you can imagine in our household when he has a big percentage of his net worth in these put options, we got this big position on, CNBC's on like nonstop, you know, and on top of that, we're, we're just we're reading, uh, you ever heard of that subreddit called Wall Street Bets? I haven't, no. Oh, my God, it is hilarious. I mean, it is the most sort of juvenile, politically incorrect stuff you would ever read but it is is really funny and, and there was a there was like a week or two there where this stuff really started to hit it was just at, at the ma- maximum there's so much to be to be that was the more ridiculous the world the more extreme the world was the more ridiculous and funny this website was so you you got you have been on a crazy roller coaster ride more more than most that was especially for the first like i said three weeks and eventually i mean it's pretty distracting right you're like you're watching the the SPX. You have this chart of the S and P index. You have, you know, the VIX, the, which is the volatility index, which is really gives you a good sense of where the volatility's at. You're kind of watching this stuff, and you know, eventually, I was like, Santa came to me, and she's like, you know, it's it's like we're still positive, but we only have, we're about seventy five thousand. And I was just like, I was like, sell it, just sell it. Let's just clear our position out. I said we're the hypo- the thesis that I had is no longer valid because the level of interve- governmental intervention. I mean, it's just so far you were surpassed. right. So you could have, ta- you could have taken a million out, but you missed, you unfortunately missed could have that taken because one, you were hoping we could, it, we could have had a 1.7 or $1.5 million. It would have been nice, but at least you got out without loss. Because no, it could have been much win. worse. So if you made 75,000 off 170, that's still a pretty good take, oh, but yeah. it's still ridiculous. It was still like, you know, a, really poor execution compared to what it could or should have been. Um, I mean, I, I was kind of beating myself up a little bit. I was like, God, you know, you always take some off the table, but I got so, I was so confident in what was going to happen that, um, you know, it's always good. Even if you're really sure about what's going to happen, you always want to take some money off the table, you know? And I just, I just didn't, I didn't. And Sandy got a little mad at me cause she's just like, what are you doing? You know? Um, but, um, you know, yeah, you, you always say that you've always said that to me when you see it go up, then take money off the table, then take some, yeah, take, take money some money off the table. table. Yeah. And I, I generally did that, but I didn't do it this time because I, I literally was not looking at the implied volatility as the, which turned out to be the major driver in the value's options because they were so far out of the money. The movement of the stock price has relatively little Im- impact on the price. The price is generally the fear you know, the, the people, people are buying these options because they're scared, they're protecting their portfolios. And so it's driving the price up, regardless of where the, 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 the movement of the, of the underlying is. And eventually what I did is I, is there's a, a website called um, impliedvolatility.com or something. And I joined and I was able to buy historical option data going back for the last few months at every option for you know, all these, all these days. And I downloaded all this data I, and I took all these, this, I had some code I'd written in C back in the mid nineties to do it for all these option models. And I built this option modeling framework <laughs> and I, I did all this stuff. And then I was like, mother of God, this is all implied volatility. Like, and, and when, and it, and it kind of peaked, the value peaked when the implied, the implied, the VIX or the, uh, you'll hit like 77, you know, peaked at like all time highs when last, last year it's around 20. Mm-hmm. And then that, that it, by the time I sold, it was like gone down to like, you know, 50. So like most of the value was, is highly nonlinear between 50 and 70. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when it was down to like, anyway, so, but I did, I was flying blind. I didn't have the analytics and it took me a, a you know, a good 
week or so to figure out where to get the data and get the data, put it to SQL and run the right queries, pull it out, run and convert all the C code into JavaScript so I can you know, whatever so I can run it and pull it out of SQL and do all this stuff. And then I looked at it, I was like, oh my God. Had I known that, I would have looked at it and say, well, even if this thing drops to 2000 or 1800, that's not going to make up for if the implied volatility drops from 77 or 75 down to 65. It's like just, it's all implied volatility. So I was, um, you know, anyway, I was trading implied volatility and I didn't realize it. I thought I was trading. Uh, You're riding a rocket ship, but they didn't have as much fuel as you thought. Yeah, something. So <laughs> now, un- 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 unfortunately, I think that, um, you know, I, I think the, the economy, the market eventually will come in line with the economy. And the economy has taken a major, you know, major, major hit. And this thing, we're in the second inning. I mean, this thing is not going to be over for another year, year and a half, probably. It's going to go into 2022. It'll be, you know, how it plays out, there's a lot of different factors, but it, it, it'll, we'll be, there'll be a second wave that'll be bigger, probably. Will there be an undulating, will we open and then close back up and be flare ups? It'll be sort of, we'll be, we'll open up, it'll be these different social distancing type of norms with masks, and then we'll have to close things up because things really explode. I mean, I think it's, any of these things can happen. With, um, with my work at True Space, Modern Teacher, Nugget, all the different companies and founders that I'm sort of privy to, it's crazy how some businesses, this is, this is hit hard. I yeah. mean, super hard, like they've lost everything. And yeah. other businesses, it's just like, boosted them like they've they're they're at 10x levels you know it's going crazy for them yeah it just really depends on where well, if you're if you're a remote your business com- was yeah if you're a remote company primarily or you provide you're probably a yeah. software type of thing or you if, if if your if your business depends on you know in person brick and mortar or whatever you're screwed you know or where you're on that spectrum um but yeah i mean to a certain degree but even even the tech companies can start hurting if we get into an extended, like really deep, long recession or depression because people just don't have money oh, yeah. to spend. And people just, you know, aren't gonna aren't gonna be buying stuff. They're gonna be canceling subscriptions. They're gonna be like, you know, it'd be really nice to have this, but we just can't afford it because we don't have any money. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but and, but there is gonna be there is gonna be um, a plethora of people starting to build online type stuff you know realizing okay because i've seen that with companies like the companies that modern teacher for example mm-hmm. they've just moved so much of their stuff virtual mm-hmm. that they'd that i'd been telling them to do for years but they mm-hmm. they hadn't done but now they did it and all of a sudden whew, yeah, like, well, i think i think what's going to happen well what are they doing what kind of stuff are they? well well the what they've doing is they've moved their whole marketing drive to online because they can't actually fly out so before they used to fly out to places they used to meet and greet wine and dine it was super expensive it was like slow it was small numbers now they've started holding webinars and bringing in literally they had two thousand people on a webinar it's completely changed the dynamics of the company right like so you know from from before going out and having like five ten leads all of a sudden we had 300 school districts you know, yeah, that's amazing. The, it's just like 10, 10 sales guys used to be flown around the country all the time, mm-hmm. hotels, flights. And then, you know, conversely, there's another, there's another company I know that were pulling in over 10 million a year through events. <laughs> They're not doing much of that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think it's like, it's like I think a lot times. of, I think what will come out of this, which I think, you know, people are realizing, you know, is that the move to doing things virtually or remote, things that can be done is going to be, is going to be greatly, vastly accelerated. 
Yeah. Because a certain number of companies, there was a lot of resistance to doing this just because it's so against uh, the norms, you know, the, the social norms or industry norms. But when companies realize that, you know, in a, in a pinch, we can actually get away with doing this. Well, a lot of companies are just going to keep doing that because they're like, hey, this is way cheaper. Yeah. I mean, it's so cheaper. And so, and, and so the, the other the companies that refuse to do this, say, we're going to go back and we have everybody in, in an office and we're do all this stuff. They're not going to be as price efficient. They're not going to have a hard time competing against companies that are of a similar size or capacity that are like, you know what? You know, we can have a large portion of our workforce just work from home. Therefore, we don't have to pay for all these things that we used to have to pay for. And um, I don't know. Um, I think that I think we're going to see that happen in a lot of cases. I mean, you also see, you know, you hear these articles, a lot of people are, you know, hate working at home and people feel like they can't get stuff done and da da da. But, you know, I think a lot of people prefer it. A lot of people will, once they, once they have time to adapt to it, will like it. Again, not everybody, but a lot more people than I think would have in the first place. I and mean, you and I have been working from home for decades, right? It's so already, we, yeah. It's, we it feels we know how to same. do it. Yeah. We know how to, we, we figured out for ourselves, like, how do we, how do we stay productive during the day? What would you know? You kind of, you know, I mean, like you, you make all the rookie mistakes of like, well, I'm just gonna start out the day in my pajamas or something, and then after the first day or two, you're like, this is stupid. I'm not productive this way. <laughs> or like, I'm running errands or I'm doing kind of personal stuff for the day, and you kind of like, you know what? I can't allow myself to do that because it's just a, it's a leak that just grows, and I gotta stop it. You know, and I think for a lot of people, take sometimes it can take months to sort of develop those sort of habits and my and the sort of mental framework of like, how do I work from home in efficient, productive manner, and also create a uh, sort of a firewall between my work and my rest of my life. Well, it's been, it's been, and that's been another benefit for me because the companies that I work with didn't, didn't understand what it was like to be remote. And so for example, when I would have an office meeting with them, I could barely hear anything they said because they would have one mic. It was like up the other end of the table. There was no camera. It was like, super you know i had to really strain to hear what anyone was doing right. and saying um but now that everyone's you know we're we're having sort of daily meetings and everybody's on really, zoom right Looks like they really bunch. appreciate and understand that and right. if someone's mic goes out that you know they're like getting oh man i can't hear you know they're, they're sort of seeing exactly what it's like um so that's been good you know to to, to sort of show that perspective as well and i think that it's going to change the companies that you know those those companies that i work for I think they're going to be changed for the better. Like they're going to think about people who are at home because there's a couple of people who work at home and a couple of people who are in the field right. uh, with each of those companies. And I think it's going to change. It's just going to make it better moving forward. Yeah. Um, but I think it's this, the thing is like, if this thing whole, if this thing, let's say ended like more or less for good come late summer, the lasting impact impact may not be as large, but the fact that this will probably be, uh, a reality for a while for another year year and a half well no that's interesting that you say that talk me through that because because um you know in the news um the the liberal media is mad because all the states are reopening and everything's going to be back online so what what makes you think that the, the liberal what's, media what's, yeah what what makes you think well because you've got the liberal media and you've got the i don't know what does it say the Re conservative media conservative the conservative, conservative media. yeah yeah so you know both of them are kind of interesting their spins but what makes you think that um, it's this is going to be like two years? Because the the media doesn't seem to think that. I mean, I I think I agree with you, but what 
Yeah, I mean, uh, anybody who knows anything about the epidemiology, they're just shaking their heads going, this is not a smart decision. Um, You know, the reality is that if when states open up, the 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 level of the, the contagiousness of of the virus is a change, it's right? And just the same. It's just the same as when right. the whole thing started. Right. Like I th- I don't understand why people think, oh, okay, you know, in the first place there was this scary situation. Now we need to close everything down. Oh, but now there's not so many deaths, and you know, now we can just open up again. Like, I, I mean, as that? of today, ninety thousand people have died. Right, ninety thousand people have died. Which is low if you look at it one way and high if you look at it another way. I and mean, we're just this, we're, like I said, we're just in the second inning. Like, you know, so what's going to happen is, um, I mean, even if we open up and we and you get a lot of people to observe certain types of um, protocols to reduce it, say okay, we you know, we don't seat people close to each other. Most <laughs> we try and keep like dining outdoors as much as possible on patios as opposed to inside. People wearing masks to some degree. I um, mean that'll help reduce things. There's no question. But a lot of people aren't going to observe that stuff. They're going to be like, screw it. Right. And the problem is this thing has been so politicized that if you are on the conservative side, especially on the far on the conservative side, you're going to be like, this is all a hoax and that's a blah. And then they're just, they're going to, you know, basically, you know, throw caution to the wind and be like, you know what, you know, this thing's totally overblown and, and, uh, and they're not going to observe any at all, at all. And that's where stuff will really start to spread. Um, I well, don't know. Up, up here in the mountains, um, there's a lot of um, very Republican, very evangelical type of people. Yeah. And there's a lot of people uh, walking around and just living life exactly like it's normal. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like up here. And then, then there's very few people with masks but in the meantime, the, the, the shop that I get my delivery from, um, because I've, we don't go out to do shopping, there's a shop down the road sure. um, that will do deliveries. And the, the guy who delivers to us says, no one's been sick here. There's been no, there's been no issue for the entire time. Not one single person. Mm-hmm. So that, but that could just be like a, a random, you know, just a random well, chance of yeah. that one specific shop. Yeah. Um, but I, honestly, I don't know what to think because did you hear, did you... Did you see that um, Musk on Joe Rogan? Did you see what he was talking about, the kind of things he was saying? Uh, no. Uh, so he was saying that, you know, in China, they've got 7,000 people in their factories, mm-hmm. and there, there hasn't been one death out of those 7,000 people, mm-hmm. you know? And um, he, he was, you know, he was also of the opinion that the, that the mortality rate is like 10 to 50x lower than the who is saying. Which is super well, interesting. I, I think I don't know. I mean, look, Elon Musk is a smart guy, and he's done a lot of really amazing things. But he's also done and said some things that are just ridiculous. I mean, Hacker so, News was like. I mean, I've I've never I, I never thought I'd see the day when like twenty people said, "I'm never buying Tesla." I mean, it's it's. I mean, the problem is he's talking his book. Which they say in finance, right? So if you own yeah, some stock, yeah. and you're, it's going to go. You know, you're, he's talking his book, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, and he's he's kind of a natural contrarian. You know, he just, I, you know, I don't think anybody has any data, enough data to really say something like that. 
you know, I don't think even the epidemiologists and people really know enough about what's happening, you know, because there's not enough testing in a lot of places. I mean, there's just, there's just not enough information. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, have you listened to the, to no agenda? I mean, these guys are so down on it. Like they are, they are, they're not like, they're not saying it's a hoax, but what they're saying is they're saying it's so overblown and blown out of proportion mm -hmm. by the media mm -hmm. that it's, it's, it's terrifying people. And if you actually look at the numbers, it's way less bad than it's, it's, it is like a sort of flu type of scenario rather than. So you're saying, so they're saying, so the, the I'm worst not flu, saying, the, yeah, so the worst flu that we've had in modern, I think in recent history, you know, like last 10 years was like what last year and 80,000 people died. This is barely getting started. And this is with a ton of shelter in place protocols and already 90,000 people are dead. How, how can they possibly say it's no worse than the flu? That is just completely, um, that's ignoring all the, all the, that's just ignoring reality. I mean, you know, we'll probably have, you know, quarter million people dead, maybe half a million dead by the end of the year, at least. That ain't the flu, dude. And, it's, and it ain't going to stop. And it ain't going to stop because it's going to take, you know, typically it takes a year and a half minimum to get a vaccine if you can make one. Right? Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee we have never successfully manufactured or created a, a, a vaccine for coronavirus. Yes, mm -hmm. there are 90 some odd vaccines in various stages of trial, clinical trials and things. Hopefully someone comes up with some amazing thing. We're like, woohoo, we got it, you know, and we get <laughs> it. But, you know, that's even if that comes out in a year from now, if that comes out in like April, March of next year, it's still going to take a while to distribute it and get enough people vaccinated and stuff. You know, what would that take like six months? I mean, you know. And that's if things, everything goes perfectly. Mm -hmm. If things don't go perfectly, maybe it turns out that, you know, it takes them longer. Maybe it comes out, it comes out. And then it's like, we, because we rushed through some of the protocols, the safety protocols, it turns out actually there's some really side effects and a lot more people are dying than we thought. So we got pulled back. You know, you never so, know. So what impact is this happening, having on you, Math Academy? Because you've got two sides. I can imagine one side, it's, it's a boost and one side, it's a drag. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm like, probably most people, which is like, I, I hope this, they, they could, some, some, I'm hoping for a miracle, right? Yeah. I hope that like, you know, some really smart people at some lab, you know, these labs figures out an amazing vaccine or amazing treatment. And like, this thing is kind of put to bed in three or four months. I don't think it's going to happen. Or it's not a really good likelihood of it happening. So I wouldn't, Great. I wouldn't start betting on it. Um, you know, I just want to kind of finish off. And, and, and by the way, just to know where I am on this, like I'm not, as you know, as probably I'm much more, I'm not a left or right guy. You know, mm -hmm. if anything, I'm somewhat in the center and I have kind of a mixed feelings about all, you know, all sort of sides and parties. So, um, you know, and I think, uh, I think, again, I think what's going to happen is um, there's just going to be so much unevenness in terms of observation of various protocols and stuff that, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's going to be relatively chaotic in terms of what happens. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping everybody else for the best, you know. Um, in terms of Math Academy, so in terms of the program itself in the schools, yeah. you know, obviously the schools shut down, you know, really quickly, which is funny because I remember telling Sandy, when I set Sandy down, that was in sort of in February, and I said, I said, the schools are going to close down in three to six weeks. And I was like, you know, I was thinking it would be more like six weeks and it just came under three weeks. Even my most aggressive time, it would see it because it's the exponential, the power of the exponential. Yeah, the exponential it. Yeah. And I remember telling, um, 
you know, or Justin's here and I'm telling Colby as well. We we're having this conversation and, and, um, and they were like, you know, cause, and I spent a lot of time on the whiteboard with Justin, like drawing up diagrams of the, the you know, the epidemiology and how the growth rates are going to be. And we're kind of <laughs> estimating, you know, what the, what the doubling factor is. And we're kind of working out the math on it. And then we're sitting there eat after dinner, kind of, you know, watching a show or and talking about it. And I said, I said something like, I guess I said, well, we're not going to make it till um, spring break. And Colby's like, yeah, they'll finish. Of course, they'll finish at least spring, which was like, you know, uh, a week and a half or two weeks away or something. I was like, there's no way going to make this spring break. And Justin was like, no, no, they were all convinced. And then like three days later was a shutdown order. <laughs> right. I mean, wow. that's how fast it's like that hilarious um, uh, uh, part of, do you ever watch, um, what is it? Uh, the Holy Grail, was it the Monty Python skit? Yeah, yeah. And it shows that knight running up to the castle and the two guards are sitting to watch it and he's like running, running, running towards them. They're looking at him like there's a guy in the distance kind of running at him. <laughs> and they look back and he's still in the same place running, running, running. And they just kind of think, yeah, running, running, running. Like, huh. And all of a sudden he's like, comes over and he's like, ah, and he stabs them both. And kills them. <laughs> yeah, that is a great analogy. And it, they, there's actually, a, uh, someone did like a little meme thing with the coronavirus. And it, mm. it was exactly how it was. It just seems so far in the distance. You're like, huh. What if that's a thing? And then it's just in your face. Even, yeah. even like me, you were like totally paying attention to it. It just, that acceleration, you know, is incredible. So anyway, um, yeah, so that so shut everything down, right? But since I knew it was going to happen, I've been kind of thinking about it. So I sent an email out to all of our instructors and I said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. And we're going to teach online classes. I'm going to mail you guys. I'm going to buy everyone equipment and, and you know and we'll you know we can use zoom and da, da, da. so justin and i kind of did some experiments with what software to use and how to do it and so we're like use zoom record the session you know get a webcam here you here we'll buy like this sort of arm thing that'll hold the camera down and we'll face it down on a piece of paper write with some pen or markers you know we had the whole thing like and we had like step by step here's what you do and um send out to our, our instructors and our tas and so for the most part, we didn't miss a beat. Miss a beat. Um, Great. One or two instructors were a little like, you know, took them a little bit to kind of get it get it sorted out longer than I, I had had hoped. I'm like, dude, just do this, right? But um, but eventually they got on board too. And then our our school our classes for the most part didn't didn't miss a beat. Like you know they have they had classes every day for an hour mm-hmm. online working through problems. They could they, this, the, the instructors would create assignments on the system. The kids are doing it. I mean, they're learning. Whereas, is it a break now? What's that? Are you in, are we in a uh, vacation? Summer? No, no, that's not until a couple more, couple more weeks. So you're yeah. still doing it. Still doing yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. And it was, and, it, and if you compared it to our kids, other classes, because I have, you know, daughters in sixth grade and eighth grade and Colby's in 10th grade. Right. Those other classes, for the most part, aren't doing anything like, mm-hmm zero i'm not saying oh there's not much going on like no classes no homework like nothing and um it, i mean it's a joke i mean so it, this it, is going to give math academy static. kids an extra benefit like yeah. and even well, yeah. well, a lot of parents email me and they're like well i love that they're emailing the instructors and they're just like thank god for math academy it's the only thing my my daughter or my son has going on it's the only thing like because there's one thing where 
there were some miscommunication. There was communications coming from the district, and they were saying, "Well, you know, because the district was following state sort of guidelines, where we don't really assign homework, and we only do once or twice." And one of my instructors was kind of thinking, "Well, I guess we should follow that." And I, I heard that. I'm like, "Dude, no!" I was like. <laughs> I don't give a damn what anyone else is doing. I mean, they're regular army. We're Delta force. Okay. Like <laughs> we have the technology, we have the resources, we have the expertise. We're doing it right. You know, like we're not going to, because I think because a lot, you were already plugged into the software. The kids are already using the yeah, software. Yeah. There's no so it's, reason. It's, to yeah. Yeah. But I also think a lot of teachers really took this as a, as, as an opportunity to do nothing. To take time. Oh, off. you don't have to do. It. I mean, there's you don't even have to have an online system. You could just say, "Well, I'm going to create a thing and email it to the parents and have them do this at home and just take a picture and send it." I mean, you, you could do stuff. Read so this. So, does Colby? Does Colby have a lot of time off right now? Well, no, he had a, he. It was actually the worst for him because so he had this AP Physics C course and his instructor was was incredibly ineffective. Didn't do anything, and he had the AP exam coming up. And so he basically had to learn all of AP Physics C or most of it on his own <laughs> with Justin as his tutor. <laughs> and he had AP, AP Euro and AP Euro European history. I'm sorry. AP European history is really hard. AP test. Wait, how does he take and the test? Like you, how, how does he take the test? Does he? Do oh, it was all given online. It was all online this year. Oh, okay. And um, and then he and then we had signed him up to take the BC exam, like I said earlier, because he had we wanted he he needed to get a five on that, you know. And yeah. when he, like I said, when he took it when he was in eighth grade, and you know, doing everything in his head and making silly mistakes, he got a three, even though he had he really knew the stuff. He just didn't execute like he. So should now have. he now he's got his five. Do you, do you have the grades back? No, no, we won't get those till typically we don't get those till middle middle of July. But um, so every day I was like, all right, well, we got five weeks to the exams. I was like, that's what's happening. And so it actually kind of worked out in the sense is Justin had like a live-in tutor, right? Mm -hmm. And so Justin was like, all right, well, I mean, he's doing every day he'll take a practice, either practice physics, uh, free response physics test in the morning and then do a re and then do a, um, um, what we call like a, a, like a retake in the afternoon of whatever he took the morning before his morning before, which he, he might've missed some stuff. So it's like, and so Justin would grade them and they'd have like a session for a couple hours a day where they would go over everything, every calculus or physics problem and work through them on the whiteboard. And, and they'd be like, okay, we've gone through all this stuff. I'm going to give you the retake in a day or two. And then you get to scratch and try and do it perfectly. And he did this basically for five weeks. <laughs> and, okay. And but now he's getting a break. Now all his tests were over on Wednesday. Okay. So he has, so he's he has a couple, he has a couple more math, I mean, his other classes aren't really doing anything. There's a couple of tiny projects and things, and but he'll be done. And he has and he has a couple of maths uh, math tests to take, but that's it. And then instead of time, I'm like, dude, just finish strong, and then it's then he can chill. But but I have to say, for my uh, and then my daughter, my youngest, Early, she's in the sixth grade math academy program, and um, you know, Chris has dialed it. Who's the instructor? Has dialed it back a little bit for them, but not a ton. And they still do a ton of problems and a ton of stuff. And you know, it compared to everything else, I mean, it's the only real class. Everything else mm -hmm. is just not much happening. And um, you know, it's like, I mean, we 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 had to figure it out. I mean, we didn't miss a beat. So, um, and it's because of the online. It's largely because of the online platform, but also was, you know, me telling the instructors, look, we need to do online daily online classes through Zoom. This is how you do it. And those have worked out really well. And in fact, a couple of them had said that they actually prefer it. 
Taylor going for game class teaching. Like Haran really enjoyed it because you know he the, the kids are all really engaged and it's like mm. I don't know it's just really it was just really convenient. And then of course you had immediate rec- uh, an automatic recording of it. There. So if you want to go back later, there's a full recording of the entire class. You know something else that it does it does it does open up the. Um uh, well, maybe not from a district point of view, because di- if districts are paying the teachers, but if you're paying the teachers, um, they could be anywhere in America. That's right, and that's that's something that we we plan on doing with the with the software platform. Interesting. Yeah, yeah and that's then exciting. One of the instructors, I say, I just want to say one of, uh, about this is he had a he had a lot of he had fairly large classes, and you know we have a lot of a large class of sixth and seventh graders. It can get a little crazy from a class mm. management. Yeah, rambunctious. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, it's just you know trying to get them focused and everything, and um, and new teachers always struggle with this, right? It takes a while to get really good at managing a classroom. You're not constantly being be quiet, pay attention, you know. Mm. And um, he's like with the online with when everybody's on Zoom and you have everybody's mics and cameras turned off, and then you know you can have turn them on when they have a question. It it, it eliminates that they're not distracted by each other. There's no distraction. Yeah, yeah. That's so a good point. it's kids who were struggling because they were just generally a little too unfocused are now all of a sudden doing really well. Huh? Yeah. That was really, it was interesting. And I, 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 when I talked to that one instructor, I said, make sure you email the parents and tell them that. That's they might just hear. I mean, it's like just to, you know, it's always good to send positive emails to parents when kids are doing well. You know, I always kind of encourage that. Like, Hey, stay, keep a, a, a good line of communication with parents when they're, cause when they're not doing well, you can say, Hey, your son or daughter has been unfocused or hasn't been completing assignments. I'm a little concerned. Could you please? And, and, um, that's always helpful. But if you get them when they do good things and you tell them, I'm just really happy. So-and-so is just doing a great job. And the parents are like, Oh, that's awesome. They get so happy. Yeah, right. Awesome. Yeah. And then you, yeah. then you've won an ally. And I said, they're your, they're your most effective partner. If you need a kid to focus, to get stuff done, you want the parents to be there to help, you know, make that happen. So anyway, but it was interesting to see that some of those kids were better in this remote environment. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but the online system is that, did you want to answer that? I mean, cause you were, kind of, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so I mean, I initially was like, you know, I, I immediately saw that there's, there, there could be an opportunity for math Academy to help solve this problem for a lot of other people. And I said, you know, we should go back and do the middle school level courses, the fifth through eighth grade stuff, which we didn't have. I said, because it gets to summer and I think a lot of parents can be like, you know, my kids didn't learn crap for the last three to four months of school. They didn't learn anything. It was just, which has just generally been the consensus when you, when you read what's going on in most districts, they just haven't figured it out. And, and most, most teachers have not done much and everybody, nobody's putting pressure on anything on their teachers to do anything. And so kids just don't learn anything. And so it gets to the summer and I think some of the parents can be like, you know, we should probably have our son or daughter like do something to kind of like learn some of the stuff they should have learned, you know? And if I said, if we have some um, online courses that can sort of diagnose where the weaknesses are and create like a, a summer sort of a schedule for them, I said, I bet you we can, we can service a, a demand there. Um, so this is going to be the release. Yeah. So we're going to have a partial release of that stuff for the summer. But then I think um, going into the next year, um, we're, our goal is to have everything done from fifth grade through our um, all our high school courses, as well as um, three of our college courses, which will be multivariable calculus, differential equations, and linear algebra. And um, I think we might have an opportunity to work with some schools and and say, here we got this really good pro- platform that you can use both remotely and as an instructor-led tool. 
so that if it gets to this undulating situation, like we're in school and now we're out of school and now we're back in, you know, it's a flare up, you know, shutting things down for a while. It's like, you don't lose, a, you don't lose a, a, a skip a beat, which is, you know. That's exactly the approach the Mon teachers taking. They're basically, they're, they're, they're doubling down on teaching schools and districts how to be, how to be open and how to be closed. And so basically it's just a completely, I guess, blended kind of scenario. That's perfect. Yeah. So I talked to a charter school the other day, a charter net, a network of charter schools, and they were really interested in, 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 in some of the stuff we have. And so um, in June, we're going to do a, a demo. And so now I'm working really hard to get the UI and everything. Great. So I, I hired a designer, the same designer who did the Math Academy website is going to do yeah. this for the software platform. And, um, and she's, she's doing a really good job. Although I kind of realized um, two things, which you'll, you know, you'll say it was, it was just kind of obvious in retrospect, but it was just, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I, you know, cause we talked about it and she's like, well, what are you going to call it? And I was just like, well, I don't really have a name for it yet. I keep struggling to come up with a name and we can't call it math Academy cause there's just too much confusion about what you're talking about. And, um, secondly, I, so we don't have a brand. Right. And so mm -hmm. she's like, you know, it's hard to do a design when you don't have, you know, haven't gone through the branding phase. Like what is the what is the name? What is the brand? What are the whatever? And uh, and so we were just kind of going off the math academy. We're using we're leveraging off the math academy styles and stuff. And then I was looking at it. Even though the, the information architecture and the UI and all that stuff was just way better than what I had before. I'm like this is going to look really good. It still looked not quite right. I was just looking at it going. I said it feels like in some ways like if I was filling out a form at the dentist or at my accountant's office, you know, I mean, it looks a little too uh, clinical or conservative or, you know, it doesn't look fun at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't have to look like a kitty website, but it has to have some element of being sort of a little bit fun and, and approachable. And so, so I'm, I, we might have to take a step back and do some branding pretty soon. Yeah. So it looks to, it looks, it doesn't have quite the right feel. Right. Um, and I've, I have to show I'll kind of maybe if you want someone I could show you. There's another thing I just want to say is I think it's really important for usability to to actually because this is something both modern teacher and true space. The issue. Am I in the platform or am I on the website? Because people get really confused about that. They're like, what is this? Mm -hmm. So you somehow do need to make it really differentiated. The other thing too is we're kind of doing, there were no, there was no mock-up stage, right? We're just kind of going screen uh, by screen. And then yeah. I kind of like wave my hands in the air and draw some scribbles. And then she takes yeah. a shot at it, which we've come up with some really great improvements to how the, the user flow. Um, or, and in a lot of cases, just creating user flow where there was none, right? There was no, messaging there was no sort of step where there needed to be and so it's like okay we actually really need to say this we need to kind of yeah. how do we educate the user while well, well, motivate them while well, enrolling them in the process while well, not overwhelming them with information you know that kind of stuff and um so i think i'm actually thinking i need to take a step back and do some more mock-up kind of stuff to um yeah it's my for sure, is, you, I always advise that for sure. My problem is I'm not really good with the mock-up stuff. So I get into it and I'm just kind of like dragging stuff. I'm like, you know. Well, I, you know, as as always, if you want to if you want to do a session, that's fine. You know, anytime. No, I, that, just give us a ping. If you've got time, I'd love to. I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate it. I'd take you up well, on it. Well, it's that. one of my favorite things to do. And, um, you know, 
I think we brainstorming that stuff out is is good, and you know we'll think it through and we'll make the journeys good. Yeah, I like can show done. you. I can show you what we have, and um, you know, it's I went, went worked really well. You helped me one time, and I was doing something for that guardian client. When we were guardian, yeah, was it years ago, yeah. and you were actually driving, and I was like talking. We were talking together, and I think this and that. You were just like really quick, like drag this, and the fact that I didn't have to do that, and all I had to do was like think about it it didn't distract me because if you're if you're you know clicking on stuff and resizing stuff you're kind of get pulled out of like the larger idea of what is it you're trying to accomplish sometime at least for me and allowed me it freed me from that the detail work it's kind of like when you pair program you know when you pair program some person is working with a con they're working with a really like the subtle logic and the syntax the other person is trying to think oh you know what there's this case we're not considering or you know what? We have something similar. This another piece of code. Maybe we need to refactor this, right? But if you're caught up in the little, the micro stuff, you can't think as easily about that other stuff. Well, the other thing is because I use the tool all the time. It's like second nature for me, so it's super easy for me. Like you can say something, and within about ten seconds, I've got it on the page. Yeah, that's you know? it. I definitely want to do a session with you if you got time. <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. I think about it because it, it probably saved me a, a, a save a lot of pain with the designer because you don't like to be going back and forth on really fundamental information architecture issues with the designer. You want them to really focus on like, okay, we've got this figured out. This flows into this, and this flows into this, and this is, we say something like this here, and they go like, I got, I got it. The other good thing is because I've probably got, a, I don't know, 20 products in mockups now. So I, you can say something yeah. and I can quickly go, okay, let's have a look at this. And so this, we can copy and paste, you know, yeah. at this point. It's like, it's like copying and pasting code. That's right. Well, that's the thing. I think yeah, that's one of the things yeah. with like experienced coders. It's like they may not always be better. They just have a lot of stuff to cut and paste from. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like I saw that before fifteen years ago. You know, I put right. something exactly like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was just funny. I mean, obviously, I was thinking about you the whole time. I'm like, Justin, be shaking his head, like, dude, you should be doing mockups, dude. You should be doing mockups. Why are you not doing mockups? Mm. <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> even I, even I started coding something the other day, and. Without I was like, uh, I, I tried to skip out the mock-up stage, and then I was like, oh, man. There's no skipping steps. You're going to no pay, skipping, the, pr- yeah. you're gonna yeah. pay the price. It's just, do you want to do it efficiently or inefficiently? If you, yeah. you want to do it inefficiently, then skip the step and spend a lot of time messing around at the wrong level to finally step back and admit that you need to have more of a plan. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. So how is... um. How is the uh, the to-do app? You were had like a to-do, a task management... Task flow that you were working yeah. on. I mean, it was yeah. very just, you had had just like a rough thing. For, to... Yeah. Um, so I've been working on that, but I've got, um, I'm sort of going using structure procrastination to move between the different things. So. That's, another, that's why it's always great to have two projects. Because when you hit a wall with something, you can keep waking for a project, you just jump to the other thing. Absolutely. So, you know, definitely Nugget was, was great structure procrastination to get me to work on task flow. But then, then it, task flow got to the point where it became so irritating that I then went back to Nugget, <laughs> and, and I'm now on a, in a place where I'm like, mm, maybe I'll go back to task flow. I do um, the same thing between the crypto, the crypto trading stuff, and uh, and Math Academy stuff. Um, so but, how's it going? I mean, what's the? Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's 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 going great. So we've got we've got task flow, we've got Nugget, we've got um, Modern Teacher, we've got a True Space. Um, you say we, is that the royal we, meaning you? Me, me. Oh. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, True Space is the day job, and I I'm, I'm do spend um, a significant amount of time like on the day job stuff. 
Yeah. So, so tell me about Rattaskflow. So I, I got it to the point where um, I started to work with it, mm-hmm. but um, I, so I, I, not the, the sort of the screen where, so there's, there's like the now screen, the big ass text file screen mm-hmm. where you're working on a current task. I basically mm-hmm. have not done that, but what I have started working on is the screens that allow you to sort of change the state and move mm-hmm. it between the state. So for example, if I go and have a look at um, all of the, all of my tasks here, mm-hmm. so I can, I can zoom into this, into a very compact view into a less compact view, and then I can change the state of them by clicking on these these icons. Ready. But then also there's another view that I thought, which is kind of cool, which is like, I call it the snapshot view. And this is where I, I it's just really a bullet point list. It's sort of like what I do in a big ass text file. I basically create these bullet point lists. So is this is this like your version of like a markdown? Will you store it as like a markdown type of thing? And you can no, edit this, this is mode? Put, Right, so so what we're looking at here is you can edit in this mode, yeah. So by, I I haven't built that in, so you're going to be able to. So basically, you're just going to be able to click in here and then drag things up and down so quickly between the states. So cool. Because what I'm thinking is um, projects. There's there's projects way of organizing things, and then there's like what I'm doing way of organizing things. Right. So th- this app is mainly driven around what I'm doing. So basically, instead of projects being in this left nav, what I've got is today, soon, someday, and done. Okay. And then I basically organize stuff into projects via the tags, the tag system. Uh-huh. So there's also going to be strategies. Can, I, can, you click on a, can you look on a, click on a tag and look at everything on that, under that project? You will be able to, but I've, but I, I've, I did structure procrastination and stopped working with this because, <laughs> because I was so, <laughs> well, the, the, I realized that there was an opportunity for, for Nugget and I realized that I needed to, to get into that opportunity okay. and I'll explain to you how that opportunity came up. Okay. Um, so is it all right if we skip to that? Sure, whatever you want to talk about. Although I have yeah, to say okay. this, this, this looks cool. You're off to a nice start. I, I really like your uh, your task flow icon and everything. That's a great. Oh, thanks, man. That's a great. Uh, oh, check check this out. This is cool. So you you can literally just click in anything and start editing it. You know, and then if you click out of it, it's gonna just it will it will instantly very slick. save it. It's very you know? slick. Yeah. And like, there's no because you you know like Asana. Like when you when you have you ever used Asana? Well, I remember we were gonna use it. Do you remember for any foo? Yeah, and you literally threw up in your mouth the first time we started. You're like, I hate this. This sucks. Remember, <laughs> you you just had this like allergic reaction to it. They do they 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 do they do this thing where they they use instead of just using like a, a a basic form. So it doesn't see when I click into this. There's there's zero delay. It's just a hundred percent like yeah, yeah, yeah. zero Line, millisecond. Yeah. Like, but a lot of these apps are very complicated, and so it will do a bunch of JavaScript stuff on yeah. the page and stuff will flicker and stuff will move around. And that just drives me insane. I hate that. I just yeah. want it to be as responsive as a text file. Yeah. So and, and another thing that I'm doing is... Yeah, otherwise you just it, otherwise you end up wanting to just go back to the text file. You're like, ah, just screw it. Because every time I've tried to use Excel or, 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 or some kind of online spreadsheet or something to doing tasks, I'm actually like, you know what, screw it. I just go back to the text file because I get so annoyed because it's not as responsive. It's frustratingly, you know, just convoluted at times. Check this out. You'll like this. So on all the pages, I've made a point of not using any links so that I can just do tab because the browser will basically tab. If you use tab in a browser, it will tab to a link. Mm-hmm. So on this page, there is no links. So that means that when I tab, I, it will just take me between the text fields, Yeah. which I can just go and I can you know type in some stuff and then that's saved and then the next one's saved and I can 
do shift tab and it'll go back. Do you have it? So you know? how far away are you from sort of like a, a little limited debated desk on this? Well, probably a week if I if I could get a week's work done on it. But I'm so it looks um, pretty good already. I mean, it looks really good already. I mean, it, I mean, obviously, I don't know what what's what's completely working and what's not, but it looks you know. Thanks. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I can add a new task. Oh, the other thing that I've done, uh, which is which is, um, I think you'll appreciate here. Basically, I've done a, a shortcut. So, it, it you know to, to to basically add add a task. It's just boop, you know, opens it up. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. Adds a task. Um, but yeah, so it, it's going to be cool. But anyway, so what happened with um with Nugget? The reason why I've 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 moved off this temporarily mm-hmm. is because I was um I sort of had this idea that the issue with nugget is it's kind of too detailed it's it's very um full resolution did we speak about this last time like there's there's like there's it's like this mental model of different resolutions you know the way like a gif renders like a gif will sort of render by the low resolution version and then put it in i think that's the same thing um from the other podcast that i've been doing with mark who's also a a super fan of uh, texting um he did point that out to me. He went through text uh, to through Nugget, and he was like, "It's super detailed. There's no overview version of Nugget." Mm-hmm. And it made me think, you know, I probably should like have a a boot camp type of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it so happened, someone um, who was building another product started similar similarish to Nugget when it was first starting. His product's called Painland. Uh-huh. Pain Pain Land. Um, he was sort of was asking me about the space and just sort of saying, you know, wh- have you found it easy to monetize or not? And I t- thought that might be an interesting opportunity to have this bootcamp idea. So he he basically said, look, I, I'm not really sure what I should be working on. And he sent me like, I don't know, 10 ideas. Mm-hmm. And rather than me sort of say, oh, I think this one's good, this one's good, whatever. I thought I'd like do a teach him to fish type of concept. Right. T- took seven pages out of Nugget, sent it to him. He found it super helpful right. and then signed up to Nugget. <laughs> mm. That wasn't my plan, but that's what happened. Right. Um, so it made me think, hmm, the bootcamp idea probably is really good. And I was like, why did you sign up to Nugget after that? He's like, well, because I could really see that there was value. I could really see that this was going to be a good thing. Well, it's like a lot of things, right? You just try it before you buy, get some limited version of it that you can use, whatever that is, whether it's low resolution or the first fifth of the course or whatever. Yeah. So that's what I have. So been do you have doing. a new cohort going through yet, or? Uh, well, I I did uh, open it up, and I do have a new cohort. Like I just sent it out to the mailing list once. Fifteen people signed up. That's the cohort. They're doing well. They're going through it. Mm-hmm. Then this uh, this other guy, Matteo, signed up. He's in a next cohort just on his own right now, um, because no one else came in because I haven't done any marketing. But I am going to be sending out this boot this new boot camp, uh, submitting it to Product Hunt. Um, but the bootcamp is only seven pages, but it's taken so much longer than I expected because when you sit down to do something, you're like, I really want to do a good job of this. Right. And you want to do it really well. And so it's yeah. taken, it's like I'm a month in right now to set to these seven pages. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I did want to show you one thing that I think you'll think is cool about okay. it. All right, so here's a bootcamp. I'm just going to pick onto the second page. So basically... The way that I, uh, uh, man, this first page took so long to work out to get it right. How am I going to frame this boot camp? Because it's it's a free boot camp. But I really want to frame it in the right way, and finally worked it out. And what it is is that what I've really noticed working with founders is it's a it's it's honestly about them. 
at least 50%, if not more than about the idea. So basically it's like, you know, what is their context? You know, like, are they working with the kind of customers in the market and product that really, really suits them? So the very first thing that I've got here is I've got, I've got like these seven lessons. And the first one is about your founder context. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen this taught anywhere, but I think this is super important um, and kind of fun. Cool. So the co- so the the mental model that I'm using to teach the, con- the context is from the the games that I've been playing with Jack. Ah. So basically, like level, you know, level up games. You know, basically. Uh, no, I'm not familiar. It looks it looks kind of like uh, Minecrafty a little bit. Exactly. So so, so that so like a classic uh, game type is like a it's it's like a a level up game. It's an experience point game. Okay. So you'll go in and you'll start. You'll be level one. And then you'll learn some foundational skills and then you'll like yeah, learn some okay. experience points. Yeah. You'll level Typical up too. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, this is just an amazing mental model to talk about um, founder context and why it's so important. So for example, um, the, the laws of level up games. So, you know, the first law is when you start playing, you start on level one. It's just right. a fact, you know. Um, to start leveling up, you need to learn basic skills um and levels level ups happen one at a time and just breaking that out into the three level up games that indie founders play yeah you know one of them is leveling up across your entire career the indie founder level up game right so basically you know this is this is as you move from one product to the next think of rob walling he's a classic example of this mm-hmm. you know dot net invoice then to hit tail then to drip and now all the other stuff he's doing um, and then, you know, the next game is like the product level up game. This is mm-hmm. where you sort of grow. And then the final one is the skill one. Anyway, I'm just sort of showing how it's just kind of ridiculous to think that you can come in and build a SaaS as your first thing, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, that's just not the right. That's just, yep. that's, that's something you do in a future level. It's good. So you're busy then. I'm busy Basically what you're stuff. saying is you got a lot going on. So you got Taskflow, you got Nugget, you got TrueSpace, you got Modern Teacher. Exactly. Yes. Anything else? I should know busy, about. busy. No, I'm not moving. <laughs> there's, there's no <laughs> other products. Well, just a podcast um, that I'm doing with Mark, um, which we're like, I guess, episode 13 now. Okay. Which has have, been, which has yeah, been have, great. And it's, it's not the same as this. It's more of like a, a mastermind session accountability. I see. So we're just sort of making a goal and sort of. There's one thing the I don't do. It's accountability. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, no, that's so good. Do you have an audience yet? I would say no. Um, okay. I mean, Mark is is more optimistic about the audience thing than I do, um, but I think probably like five people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I, I watched one of them, so I, I'm a twenty percent of your audience. You did? <laughs> I did. Oh, I watched like part of it. Okay. Like, <laughs> there you go. Like, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I wanted to see. I just like think you know, if Rat just was doing this, I should. Check this out for a minute. See what's going on. Well, what did you, which which one? Which episode? I don't know. It was like episode three or four, five or something. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it was. I think that's that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Whatever you saw, pretty right? much is where we're at in episode right, right. thirteen. Okay, yeah, we're good. So let's. Uh, so here's a que- here's a question I have for you. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit and then go mm-hmm. through some different different stuff. Um, so what have you guys been watching? On your break on your mm. vacation yeah this have you found like, anything new denny because mm-hmm. i got no, a couple things for you yeah let's hear let's hear so um yeah have you seen the the, the show uh, tv show devs no 
on it's on Hulu. It's with what Dick Osterman, the guy from Parks and Recs, and the the, the writer director is Alex Garland. He's the one who did Ex Machina. Do you, mm-hmm. you see Ex Machina? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 created Devs as well. It's only one season. It's like I don't know, whatever, eight episodes or something. But it's uh, and I, I can't. I don't want to give too much away, but I'll just say one thing. It's it's ultimately about a quantum computer, which you know you figure that out in about ten minutes. So I'm not really giving anything away. Okay, so so the show is called Devs. Yes, Devs. right. Okay, right. I recommend that one's good. So it was funny because I was kind of like hesitating. I was like, I don't know, does that look good or not? And then um, I was sort of sitting on the couch on a Saturday room with my laptop working and Justin was in the, there in their room with me. And, and I was like, I want to give this a shot. Cause I was, I was, I sometimes I had all these like, um, you know, what they call it real, real true crime. I, I tend to watch, I tend to default to true crime when I can't find anything else. Cause it's like, mm-hmm, it doesn't right, really, okay. it's mildly interesting and you don't really have to pay attention and you can be getting some work done and it's there but it's better than silence. Right. And I was just kind of getting burned out on, on the true crime stuff. And so I said, like, let's just try this dev stuff. And then it was like, this is good. You know, we were like, we were getting really into it. So I think, uh, I think our, our audience would probably like that. So that's a good okay. one. Have you seen Barry? Nope. Okay. So Barry is about this guy. He's like a hitman, and he, um, he's the SNL guy, right? He might be. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I didn't start watching. I missed the first few episodes because Sandy just Sandy and Justin were watching it, and I didn't. Even, I was like, "Wait, what's this?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, you should watch it." And I was like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" Um, and it was a um, essentially this guy's a hitman, and he's hired to kill this guy who's like an actor or something, and he's like this little acting class out in L.A. Mm-hmm. and he he joins the acting class or whatever to kind of get a beat on this guy. He's got to kill or something like that. And then he falls in love with acting. Right. <laughs> but he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, you know, there's all his world, his life of like the people who need him to be a hitman and kill people. He's a lot of pressure from that, but he just wants to be an actor. And <laughs> it's really good. It's really funny. I, it's, it, I mean, this it, we watched, I guess we watched the first two seasons. So the third season has come out. Yet, Interesting. So. so is it like a sort of six foot under type of concept? Like, humorous dexter type yeah i mean i haven't seen dexter but yeah it's this thing that there's definitely some darkness to it but it's 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 very funny too it's it's good i would i would recommend very it's very well done um so one movie that we watch so i put i've kind of put um justin through movie school (laughs) it just hasn't seen anything oh man and i'm like dude because I'd be making all these references and he had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, you haven't seen this. You haven't seen this. You haven't seen this. I'm like, all right. So I, I had this huge list of movies that we've been watching and they're not so much movies like Citizen Kane or something. You know, it's not like, of course not. it's like super troopers. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, you, you gotta me? see super yeah. troopers, man. I mean, come yeah. on. Like, can't see the natural and see the Thomas crown affair. Office space? Off, uh, we haven't watched office space yet, but that's a list. Tin cup. You know, it was just all these different movies that are, um, you know, I don't know, really, he hadn't seen The Big Short. You know, I'm waiting for the day to do that with Jack. I can't wait. Yeah, so we've been watching. And I, I think the one he liked best, the couple of the ones he liked the best was uh, The Big Short, which, of course, is really well done. Um, and, and I said, you know, we have to watch Contagion and The Big Short in the same day. Or like within a day or two, because that's basically encompasses what's happening right now. You can what, take, what's, yeah. you can take, you can take <laughs> elements of those two, especially when we were like, you know, having option positions on and stuff. And you know, you could take 
you could cut scenes from Contagion in in um, in uh, the Big Short come together, and that would be the movie. But what's going on right now? And um, anyway, so um, Young Frankenstein? No, that's <laughs> not on my the list. The jerk? No, I wouldn't put that on my list. That's kind oh of funny. my gosh. Let's see. You wouldn't oh, put the jerk on your list. I don't know if I have my list with me. Let's see. The jerk is it. like so fundamental. Let's because. see if I have my list. Um, well, the ones that the ones that he liked. So there's a couple that I think are are underrated movies. And one of the under most underrated movies in my mind, uh, at least sci-fi movies, is Oblivion, which I always thought was really good. And he 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 would agree with that. He was he was he thought that was really good. And the other one is another Tom Cruise movie, sci-fi movie, was Edge of Tomorrow. Have you mm. seen that one? No, I don't think so. Oh yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is really fun. Was so, he? That's not where he's alone in a spaceship. No, it's well, it's okay. like it's a like Groundhog Day meets Alien Invasion. Okay, so what's it called? Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. And I, they, they sort of did this renaming, rebranding of it called Die, Repeat, Die or something like that, um, which I think is dumb. But so, so the ones that, so here, here's a list of some of the movies that I wrote down a bunch of, right? And some of them, these aren't, like I said, these aren't great movies, but there's things about them that are worth, that it makes it worth watching. So he hadn't seen Tommy Boy, which I think is really funny. Have you seen Tommy Boy? I think I have. Yeah, yeah that's, wait, good. that's with, um, what's that guy's name? The, the blonde hair guy? Um, Farrelly, yeah. Far, uh yeah, I just I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, yeah, Chris Farley. Farrell. Chris Farley. Chris Farley. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he was close. Jer- he had never seen Jerry Maguire. Okay, that's yeah. right. He loved Jerry Maguire, and I was like, yeah. yeah. Another one he loved that he really liked too. I think was The Watchmen. I haven't seen that. Oh my god, dude! You have to see The Watchmen. Are you kidding me? Okay, okay put The Watchmen on your list. The I'm Watchmen doing, is I'm a must it. watch. Okay. I think now it's a little. It's dark. And it's a little, um, it didn't get great. It didn't do great for some reason. Just like Oblivion didn't do great. Have you seen Oblivion? I mean, Blade Runner didn't do great. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. a, just kind it's, of irrelevant. Right? Exactly. It's kind of like Blade Runner in that sense. And that it was like, yeah. you could see it's like a really interesting, really good movie. Very watchable. I've probably seen it like six or seven times. And in, but at the same time, you can understand how like your mainstream audience might not get it. Um, have you seen Oblivion? Um, don't think so. Oh, I put it, I put it on okay. my list. Oblivion, Edge of Tomorrow, The Watchmen. Have you seen The Big yep. Short? Um, I see. I probably have some of them. I don't know the name. This is about the housing crisis, and and it's kind of you probably haven't watched The Big Short. Okay. The other one I watched, he had seen was Undercover Brother. Have you seen that one? No. Okay, that's that funny. That is. I mean, it is. It's dumb funny, but it's it's like Tommy Boy in that sense. It's I really really love dumb silly. funny. So any uh, undercover brother just... and Tommy Boy are like that. Oh, I guess one of the ones that he really liked he had seen uh, Sandy had picked out was Catch Me If You Can. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That that's was good. a good one. Contagion, Edge of Tomorrow. Have you seen Bottle Rocket? Um, sounds familiar. So that's like a little indie movie. Um, that came out. So it was uh, Wes Anderson. You know the guy who did like uh, the Royal Tenenbaums and Rush. What's it about? Uh, it's about these two brothers, and one of them's kind of they wants to get him into like this. He's he's like obsessed with being in like some sort of um, heist like gang and stuff. And oh, it's really okay. it's, it's it's Owen and and Luke Luke and Owen Wilson. Okay, so it's their sort of yeah, I love those guys. Um, but it's it's like low budget. It's done in like you know. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Done. I think I've seen it, but yeah. I'll I'll check it out. Of course, Super Troopers. He hadn't seen that one. I'm like, that's like has more, 
lines that you could just say out of, out of you know, <laughs> pull out of your left, left and right. And I'm like, where's that from? And he's like, Super Troopers. I get a 50% chance you're right. <laughs> he hadn't seen Army of Darkness. Have you seen that? No. That's a, that, that is funny. Isn't it? That is like uh, Evil Dead. It was like Evil Dead 2 in a sec. Do you ever see Evil Dead? Yes. With Ash. So this is like he gets sucked in and he gets thrown back into like the Middle Ages or something. And he's just talking trash to all the undead and stuff. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> but it's goofy. Um, so we watched um, Blade. He hadn't seen Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049. What? Oh my gosh. Exactly. So we watched those. He liked those. That's fundamental. Well, wait, 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 wait. You must have had Terminator 1 on the list. We that haven't is... watched. That is on my, that's on my list. We haven't watched it yet. Yeah, okay, because Terminator 1 is like is is such a great movie. It's so it's important. The rest of the Terminators are nowhere near as good as right, that. Right, right. No, it's exactly it's, it's it's but it's like yeah, he hadn't seen Alien or Aliens, and I'm like, dude, mm. like you have to watch those. I mean, those are really good. Right? Do you agree? Are you with I have seen those? Alien. It's it's creepy and You're it scared. makes me not want to eat. <laughs> 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 that aliens you like aliens like okay you have alien and this alien kills a bunch of people on this sh- mining ship or whatever and they're trying to fight it and then aliens you come back with like uh, a platoon of marines right let's light this mm. let's light these guys up right like that's gotta be fun right and that's what <laughs> aliens was is awesome especially the one guy it's like it's like you know um man i don't know if you've been keeping up with current events but we just got our heads kicked <laughs> <laughs> This guy's like, what was it? Like, what's her face? Riley Ridley says, "I say we just, we just, uh, we just, we just go to, or- we just nuke them from orbit." He's like, "Fuck it, hey!" Like that line. I forget this guy's name. Hicks, Hicks, Hickson, or Hicks, or whatever the guy's character. The character was so. But he has all these lines like that. Um, they just make it so worth watching. So anyway, um, see the ones he he's never seen Pulp Fiction. I don't think. I'm like, oh my God, that's a that's a must see. Have you seen the Thomas Crown Affair? Yeah. So that the, the new one, not the one from the sixties. No. The one from like ninety-eight. Mm. Is that who's who's the lead in that? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I have seen that. So that's one of my favorites. That's one of my most favorite, like underrated movies. Interesting. Thomas Crown Affair. The Natural. That is an all time classic. Have you seen The Natural with no, Robert Redford? No. Holy shit. Now, the, the Natural is definitely like a family kind of movie. You can watch it. I mean, although I don't think, you know, Jack is old enough to really get it. It's an adult movie, but, yeah. or at least you'd have to be at least probably middle school to really have, understand what's really happening. But The Natural is just great. I've probably seen that thing 20 times over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, so on the list, the, the things that are still on the list are Full Metal Jacket. You ever seen that one? Yeah, I have. Okay, Donnie, of course. Yeah, Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. He hasn't seen Donnie Darko. Um, he hasn't seen Apocalypse Now. Uh, um, that's insane. And, oh, you know what he, what he thought he really liked, which most, almost hardly anyone has ever seen, every time I ask them, they have, is MASH, the original movie. Mm, Not the TV that was show. Good. Yeah, with, yeah. with uh, Donald Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we still got some more to go. He has, he, he, we still, we're still got to watch Old School. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, old school's still on there. So yeah, there's a bunch of there's a list. So we've been we've been kind there's of so many movies. Yeah, well there are. There's a lot of crap though. <laughs> there's plenty I was thinking about. I was like, I get on like Amazon Prime or Netflix. I'm flipping through and I'm like, everything looks like crap. Like nothing. I don't want to watch any of this stuff. Did you yeah. watch Rick and Morty yet? I've seen one episode. 
oh man, you've got you, you of of all the people in the world, you have to watch all of Rick and Morty, right? Like of anyone else. Yeah, it's it's so it's. Remember, I gave you a recommendation for Future Man. Yeah. Okay, that was kind of good. Rick and Morty is so good. It's it's absolutely classic. Okay. It's way beyond Future Man. It's it's really really seminal. Like, and it's it's so good because of oh, there's we could have a lot of good um, discussions about it as well. All right. Well, I'll go. My buddy James. <laughs> it's mind bending. Uh, it's mind bending. He, when I was visiting him a couple of years ago, he made me watch it. Stay up to like midnight, watch an episode. And- I was in pain because I was so tired. He's like, no, no, you got to watch it. I'm like, oh, I just want to go to sleep. He's like, no, no, we got to watch it. <laughs> like, ah. So I said, like, do me I- a favor, watch it with Justin. Because I think you, if you both watch it together, do like at least the first three episodes. They're not even okay. long. Okay. Watch three episodes with Justin. And I remember how when you, you first discovered um, Grimes, you're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah, she's yeah, good. The, it's going to be the same feeling. Well, I find I my new favorite song is uh, David, which he doesn't have on any of her albums, by the way. Have you heard that song? No, yeah. I haven't. I'll put it in the show notes. It's really good. What do you think okay. about them calling their kid? Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. Let me just go. I had, to, I had one more movie and a couple of shows. I want to tell okay, you. Okay, okay. Yeah. One movie that we stumbled across because look at it, like what movies were like in the early two thousands or whatever that I just sort of didn't get around to seeing and I've always felt like I needed to. One of them was called Drive, which had Ryan Gosling in it. Have you seen that one? Probably. He's like a getaway driver. Maybe I don't maybe. think you've seen it. You probably haven't seen it. It's not why okay. I don't think it was it wasn't a big hit. I would recommend Drive. Especially if you if you're if you if you like Ryan Gosnell. Yeah. It's really good. It's was surprisingly. Like, we watched that and I was just like, so those nights were like and I had like five or six I was like, we can watch this. I don't know. What do you want to do? And he's like, ah. and so we, we just picked it and they were just like, damn, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. So we've been uh, the other thing we've been doing is um we just started rewatching uh, Stranger Things. Oh, amazing. amazing! He had never seen it. And I was like, "How have you not seen Stranger Things? For Christ's sakes!" And he's like, "Well, you know, some people recommend it to me, but it just and they'd recommend some other stuff that he didn't like. So then he's just like, eh. and and of course, Mike loves it. So he, he Colby, Colby, and Justin and I have been staying up late, just like you know, watching like two or three episodes every night. So now we're now we're up to season three. So that's a Talking of Stranger Things uh-huh. and the music of Stranger Things, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Um, I recommend a Spotify playlist called Night Rider, which Night is Rider? basically it's called it's it's called Night Rider. It's a playlist and it has music that is sort of somewhat reminiscent of the theme tune of um of Stranger Things, but more sort of like dance club type stuff, and it's great to code to. It's it's kind of like... All right, we'll put it, we'll put it on the show. Yeah. Send, me a, send me a link and I'll put it on the show notes. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. It's like we were watching this, and I'm like, you know, guys, like this whole thing was shot in Atlanta, right? Like the the building, the the laboratory that uh, Hawkins, like that was that was like walking distance from my house. And like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the uh, of course, they shoot all around Atlanta in different places because they have to give that right look, but... I said that looked really like where I grew up in Lilburn, Georgia, in Gwinnett County, up through up to I was about thirteen when I was huh. their age, and I was like, it looked like that to a large degree. It looked and, like and that. you were in the eighties, and I was exactly their age when they were thirteen. I was thirteen. I was exactly their age, and I, it was in the area I lived, and we're riding bikes and playing Dungeons and Dragons and doing the computer stuff. I mean, dude, that was my life. 
that was it. That was like it's so nostalgic from every time I watch it. Oh my god! Aside if, from so, those... if you want to know who Jason is, just watch uh, <laughs> Stranger Things. That's exactly where he comes from. In fact, he's been on the he's been in the other many times. <laughs> that's right. The upside down. The upside down. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, that was it's just so funny watching that. Um, so I think that's it. I think that's all I got for the for the movies and stuff. So you were talking about like Grimes and and Elon's. Crazy yeah, Elon's. I, I think Grimes is having a, yeah. a, an impact on Elon. Um, I think that I think he he is becoming. He's sort of he's being more of his teenage self. Uh, being, getting, I think he, she she brings that out in him. He's even he, he his even his weird more bizarre instincts. Like she's because she's kind of a performance artist, right? I yeah, mean, she's not yeah. just a musician and a producer. She or a, she's he's really she's really much about performance art and that's her, you know, giving herself these weird names and creating all this weird lore and these strange videos. Around I think she's like costumes. a, like a mirror. I think they kind of feed off each other. She's kind of a, like a, maybe a mirror or something. I don't know, but um, I don't know, but it's like, nobody's there to check them and say, Hey, that's not a yeah, good name for your kid, yeah. dude. Like, come on. Nobody can even <laughs> pronounce it. Like we don't even, nobody even knows what the name is. I mean, why are you, why are you inflicting that on your kid? You know? Well, he said it was her idea. Of course it was mostly because well she's just is trying i mean see the thing is with a lot of artists i mean they just have to try and be weird for weird sake to create to be creative in some way right because if you're not weird then you're familiar and if you're familiar then you're probably derivative to some extent and that's like there's nothing almost worse than being derivative in art right so like just try and be really weird right be very controversial too and that's kind of what she does right everything she does is like that she said a lot of interesting things like, um, I never knew that motherhood would be so feral. Yeah, like, what is that? I mean, well, the thing is, like, she did, we should talk about motherhood more. It's like, where have you been? Like, people talk about motherhood <laughs> constantly. It's like, you've been in your own, like, you know, performance art, you know, perpetual 20-somethings, you know, life. Like, you're just not, and then all of a sudden you get pregnant. And you're like, oh, my God, nobody talks about being pregnant. It's like, are you kidding? Like how many mommy blogs and stuff are on about people talking about pregnancy and this and that. It's like, it's a constant part of conversation. And he's like, you just happen to join. It's like a noob joins a, a forum or something. And they're asking all these noob questions. And everyone's just shaking their head. <laughs> My God, it really changes. Being pregnant really changes things. Like really? Does it really? Wow. Wait, that's quite an observation. <laughs> yeah. But she's kind of, I mean, she strikes me as, well, she seems, you know, obviously she's very talented and you know, all this kind of stuff, but she has, such, she has a certain level of immaturity about her, you know? I mean, she's, what, like 30 or something, and she she looks and acts like she's, like, 19. But super smart. Yeah. So, um, let's see what else. I'm not sure if I have anything else I want to... Oh, um, so one thing that Sandy did, uh, so Sandy, when she was growing up, had an Apple... Two, not an Apple II, but an Apple II Plus. Mm. And so she ordered, um, they didn't have a monitor, but she found the Apple II and all the old software and everything sitting over at her parents' place in the attic. So she had the parents, I think they shipped it over here and then Sandy bought a monitor. And so Colby put it all thing together. And, the, and so my, so Sandy and the, and the girls were playing uh, like Apple II video games <laughs> in, our dining, in our dining room. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny. They're playing um, something called Odyssey. Do you remember, does that ring a bell? Like one of those sort mm. of, it's it's sort of, it's a little bit like Oregon Trail kind of thing. It's sort of like a, a, a text adventure, but then they give you a little bit of a map or something like that. Have you been doing much gaming during this time? Well, 
I don't I don't really like the game typically. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it just because it just sucks all my time away. I can get addicted, so I don't I don't like being addicted. I mean, that's exactly yeah. I mean, Jack has been doing gaming all the time, and I've been sucked into gaming, and I'm definitely getting very addicted to gaming. Yeah, it's that's just... that is a pro, that is a major time suck right now that is taking away from Nugget and Taskflow and True Space and Modern Teacher is gaming. Like exactly. building up a game life. Like we play this one game called Skyblock, mm-hmm. and I and it it is it is a game where you basically you farm and you grow carrots and you smelt iron and you get more money and you grow a bigger place. And I mean, literally, I would say the last three days I've spent four hours a day on this. Like, <laughs> yeah, see, that's exactly exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly why I don't. It's like the reason I don't buy a box of donuts is because I eat the donuts, right? Like, like don't start playing video game because you know you wonder what what happened the last two weeks. I mean, well, it's really, really. Well, when I look it, back, it gives you a real sense of of growth, but it's, there is no growth. There's like a couple of months of my life from the, from 1995 that are literally missing time. <laughs> Like it was like I was abducted by aliens or something. I mean, it was a, a missing time. And we, Phil and I, and Mitchell and I were playing, we played Doom, Network Doom, because it was the first time we could actually play like a network game, multiplayer game. And that was yeah, just ridiculously I, I entertaining. It was incredible. And then we played Command and Conquer against each other uh, over the network. So that's, that's, that's why I don't typically game, because I've, I've, there have there just been times when I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get anything done. But my kids are gaming all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Although yeah. I'll say this though, is that, so I felt a little bad that I really wasn't doing any activities with my kids. Like I gotta do something. The thing is they just want to play video games. That's really what they want to do. I mean, I go out and the, the girls and I go walk the dogs together and stuff and Colby and Jess and I will like watch, you know, Stranger Things and things like that and certain movies. But I was like, I gotta really do something. And so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna have to like play video games. There's just no way, there's nothing else to do. Right, because they just they don't, you know. I can't. I'm not going to do gymnastics with with air league because I can't do like, you know, a, a, fly, a spinning black backflip off the you know whatever. And so I was like, and I'm not going to. And, and uh, anyway, so I, I with air, I started trying to play Roblox with Airly and Izzy and Airly, and they they love playing that. But I'm an I'm an actually I'm an idiot. I'm a complete functional moron. So what they've been doing is going to these what they call obstacle courses or obbies. Obbies, yeah, obbies. And so they're like, We've "Come on, that. Dad, you can do it!" You know, <laughs> just sitting there, and I'm like, "Just slow down!" Like they're like running back and forth, and I'm just trying to get through the first thing. <laughs> so it finally was I, I've got to like I don't know like seventy levels or something. It's like three hundred levels or something, three hundred obstacles. I'll tell like you a way. Game. I mean, something that you could do that could bring everyone together: mm-hmm. the girls, Colby, all of you is you could create a Roblox game. The creator is awesome. Yeah. Like basically, you've got so much head start with the creator. You can, It's just got libraries of stuff. You just drag stuff onto the screen. Mm. You can instantly create all those just interesting worlds. And when, you know, we've, I've been doing a little bit of that with Jack. And he's like, you know, I want to have a, I want to have a tree. I want to have this. I want to have a pool. Like, and you, it's, super, it's just easy. You can just sort of find it and drag it on and then create an interesting, weird game. Mm. So that might be something that fun might to be play something. with. Yeah, because yeah, the other thing they tried to give me as a group was something called Human Fall Flat. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have. We we did that. So is that's is that the one? Oh, that's that's not Roblox. That's another platform. Yeah, and the, the, they're, they're sort something. of they're sort of wobbly guys. Yeah, but around. it was it. Was, it was, I got so ill, like the inner ear sickness kind of thing. I, the motion sickness. I got so ill. I had to go up and like sleep for an hour and a half. 
I was getting a headache. I was like, I can't do this, guys. This is this is horrible. They kept playing for hours. They're like, what's wrong, Dad? I'm like, oh. This is I don't horrible. have a huge amount of time because I got ahead, but I want to tell you. I'm just going to okay. throw this out there so this goes in the show notes. The games to play on Roblox with your kid are Adventure Up. It's an amazing game that you can play with your kid. It's so much fun, and basically, you <clears throat> you go in and fight in dungeons together. Right, and then you level up, and it's what I was just telling you about on you know when the boot camp. That's a super fun game. Another game is Naval Warfare, which I've personally yeah I played with you. Remember you had me play with you and Jack. Well, you yeah. you watched us. You didn't play it, but oh, it, I didn't play. I just watched right of any game I've played ever on any platform. This is the most fun game I've ever played. So basically, you want me to become addicted again? Is that what you're saying? No, you no. It's not an addicting. <laughs> the great thing about this game is you're not building anything, so it's not it's not addictive in that sense. Okay, it's it's it's, fun. it's it's fun in the sense that at any time you play with it, you're playing with sixty other humans, and the whole thing is about human interaction and human strategy. And so basically, it's a big it's a big board that's like sea, and at both ends of the board, there's a harbor. And you can fly a plane and bomb the harbor. You can get on a sub and go down there and bomb the harbor. But even if you, if you can go on an, air, an aircraft carrier or a battleship, but even if you use an aircraft carrier, what's so cool about it is that there's six, there's six guns on the aircraft carrier that other people can man. So mm-hmm. you can drive the aircraft carrier, six people can man it, and there's a spawner that can spawn planes. So you can drive the aircraft carrier down the board with the six people manning the guns, you driving, and you this can also This is Adventure fire. Up. Uh, no, this is naval warfare. Okay, what's adventure up? Uh, adventure up is where you basically like Dungeons and Dragons type thing. You go into dungeons and you you sort of chop, you sort of have fights, and then you get more armor and you can. Right, have right, different- right. Well, you know it's funny. I, I was thinking, cause we, I, you know, we got that Apple II, and you know one thing about the Apple II is when it, the first thing it does, it goes to a command prompt, which is like for basic writing basic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you wonder, like, how was it? A lot of us learned to code is that we were presented with this a situation where it was like, yeah, the only thing you could do is code really i mean you are type in a program and so nowadays obviously that's not how machines work you're so far away from programming that most people don't get sort of don't engage well that's what's kind of cool about the roblox game creator it's like it's sort of like what was that other other coding language that we saw that we didn't like um that was it was more of a drag and drop coding thing for the kids scratch yeah kind of like if scratch was done really well right what it's sort of like um but but noobs can kind of start coding because you just you know remember how flash used to work um you'd click on things and then it was like a little script you could right, add a script to right. it sort of like that kind of concept well i was thinking i was thinking if i i was gonna so my girls are really enjoying playing this like apple II adventure game just a text mm. adventure game and oh, i was really? like maybe i could teach them right just a little bit of basic apple II basic yeah. you know just to kind of get them into it because it's 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 you know if the ui is just like you know text yeah you know, and they're having fun with it. But it's funny. What was what was funny is watching Sandy and the girls, like they were playing together and having fun. And I was like, see, you don't need 3D immersive environments to have fun. That's not, those can be a, a pretty amazing and they can be fun, but that's not really the essence of the fun. You know, it can be really, really simple stuff. Um, and by the way, speaking of immersive 3D environments, have you seen that demo for the, what was it, the Unreal Engine Unreal. 5? Un- I couldn't. Holy. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine, like, the level, like trillions of triangles are being rendered in real time. That's just, just absolutely astonishing. It is astonishing. It's just getting amazing. And there was something I saw the other day pop up. It was like showing, it was like Microsoft Flight Simulator and was showing like the generated, the flight simulator yeah. version and the real version. You can, I couldn't I tell the difference. Too. I didn't know which one was supposed to be too. real. Yeah, yeah we're getting so close cool. to the holodeck. 
Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, certainly, yeah. certainly digital holodeck anyway. Yeah. Right, right. Well, we should probably uh, call it right. It's been two hours now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to do it. My kid is like busting to play. He just keeps on running into the room and saying, what are you doing? What's going on? I want to play with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to head right. Hi, man. Well, I guess that's a wrap. We're out.